know me, the fighting freak knuckles. But we're a pumpkin hill. You ready? I ain't gonna let it get to me, I'm just gonna creep. Down in pumpkin hill, I got to find my lost peace. I know that it's here, I can sense it in my feet. The great emerald's power allows me to feel. Can't see a thing, but it's around somewhere. I'm gonna hold my head, cause I have no fear. It's probably some crazy, crazy graveyard theory. A ghost try to approach me and got leery. Yeah, Nathan's here too. So I'm Nathan. Nathan. I'm in Japan. Yeah, that's what a high pass filter does. Yep. <laughs> Makes it sound like Mickey Mouse. Oh. Well, welcome everybody to episode 420 of the Reaton Entertainment Podcast for October 8th, 2023. Uh, Nathan's here. Say hey, Nathan. Hi. You'll notice he sounds like he's coming from an uh, internet tube that's been submerged under the ocean. That's because he's coming to us from an internet tube that's been submerged under the ocean. Where are you at right now? I'm in I'm in an Airbnb in Japan. He's in an Airbnb in Japan. And uh, how long are you going to be there? I'm going to be here until the 23rd of October. Is there anything you're looking forward to doing while you're there? Well, tonight I'm going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sounds exciting. Yeah. Also joining us like is a... Aroa. I'm not in Japan. Which 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 prefecture are you in? I'm in the Chiba prefecture. They have a lot I'm of sorry, you were... Catville. What? Oh. <laughs> what uh, what what was that you were saying though, Nathan? What else are you excited for about about going into Japan land? Well, you know, I, I I'm going to go to a place I believe it's called Yami Uri Land. And uh, I'm planning on doing that probably Wednesday or Thursday. I don't really have too many plans other than the professional wrestling. Uh, one thing I was excited about is I actually am getting $1,700 for this trip. Yeah, I heard about that. It sounds like some, some bullshit, but it also is pretty cool. I'd be upset more than I would be cool with it, I think. I I was upset to the point where I was, you know, spending an additional 16 hours of travel. But what had happened was they overbooked the flight, as they always do. And in hopes that, you know, two or three people aren't going to show up, so the plane will be fine. But when everyone shows up, the airline panics and is like, oh, no, we have to offer money to people for them to change. And so they, you know, announced, hey... We're offering $2,400 Canadian or $1,700 American if somebody is willing to take a later flight. And I was like, oh, a later flight? That's fine. I figured it would be because I was going to go from Vancouver straight to Japan. By later flight, <laughs> they meant completely change the flight. And instead of going to the west like I should have, they put me on another flight that took me to Switzerland. Switzerland's just a little bit further than Japan. I guess in either direction yeah. that you go. Yeah, so I had to go to Switzerland, which is a 10-hour flight. Uh-huh. And then wait there for four hours. And then take another flight from Switzerland to Japan, which is a 12-hour flight. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of flying. But... 
It is, but I I was thinking about it in the sense that I was making a hundred dollars an hour for it. That's probably the only way that you could think about that without getting upset. Yeah. Um, and luckily I didn't feel tired when I got on the plane and I don't know, they must've laced my curry with horse tranquilizer or something. Cause they fed us pretty, pretty immediately when we got on the plane and I passed out. And by, when I woke up, I looked at the time left on the flight and there was five hours remaining. So I passed out for like six and a half hours. Oh uh, yeah. They awesome. definitely drugged you. Yeah. <laughs> Does this curry taste like tryptophan and ketamine to anyone else? <laughs> well, we but are yeah, glad was... that uh, you, you made it in one piece in Japan land. And we're all excited for the inevitable souvenirs that we're begging you to get us. Yes. But I, we hope you have fun. Yeah, you better find all me right. that extremely rare console. The Soldier what, Boy, what? right? Because I, I, uh, I said, find me a PSX with a working hard drive. Oh yeah, I saw that and I was like, "That's not happening." That's <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be. Exp- I found a Neo Geo CD and I almost got it. It was it was like a hundred and fifty dollars, and I was like, "I might, I I want that," but I I didn't get it. If there's if there's one piece of retro gaming that I know extremely little about, it's everything involving Neo Geo stuff. Uh, the Neo Geo was the very expensive. Well, the console wasn't that expensive. It was expensive, but the games were as much as the console. So you would have the cartridges were like 200 megabytes, but this was in the early and mid 90s. Oh, I see. So, yeah. So games would regularly cost like two to three hundred dollars. Well, because it was essentially like arcade equipment for the home. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And they. They made the Neo Geo CD, which could play the same games, but obviously it's much cheaper to produce a CD. And um, I, I thought about getting one of those, but I, 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 I might end up getting one if I find a good deal on one. But I, I just wanted to be here because it's episode 420, and you know, obviously 420 jokes and everything. Uh, I'm going to leave and let you guys smoke. Do- all that weed that I smoke in Japan because that's legal. And uh, I will, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Did you want okay, to talk bye. about any games you played in your 44 hours of flying <laughs> or anything? I played zero games in my really? 44 hours of flying. I, I have my Steam Deck on me, but I just listened to podcasts and watched YouTube videos. I was Please. like, I was cramped in between people and I didn't want to like pop out the, the, Steam Deck and everything. And you still haven't listened to Bug City Blues, a Shadowrun 6 World Edition actual play podcast. Wow. It, it just just make a version of it that takes out all of my dialogue. That's the one that I'm releasing, homie. You'd have to listen to it to find out. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I will talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. I can't believe he went an entire flight without playing a video like even five hours sitting still that's that's rough i i was on like a two-hour flight and i wouldn't have been able to make it through that without playing something so i mean even like dicking around on my phone for that time like a cook cookie clicker would pass the time at least a little bit yeah for real nathan uh... told us uh when we were waiting for you to show up that it was episode 420 it's like wow 
I wish I had something I could go over the top with. I'm just so damn tired though. Yeah. Uh yeah, I got I got nothing. So tune in next week when we make up for it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Nathan's probably not even gonna be back next week. Yeah, I already freaked when did he say he's the twenty third? Twenty sixth or something. Twenty six like Jesus. He's gonna be on for two more weeks. I wish I could take a three week long vacation. Damn. Speaking I, I, of I things we wish we could do, uh, what, what what kind of games have you been playing lately? Uh, you know, not uh, not a lot. It's uh, it's mainly been that that Yu Gi Oh game I talked about. Uh, playing playing the cards, summoning the monsters. Yeah, pretty much. Um. I've I've tried a couple more times to finish the Sonic Frontiers DLC. I still can't do it. I am ever more tempted to cheat, but I'm I haven't yet. I haven't I haven't fallen quite that far. But who boy am I am I tempted? It it is really fucking dumb. And it's amazing that there are people who are defending this shit. Have you seen any recordings of people doing it like without a test or something like like is it possible to do? It is possible. I've I've seen people in like the Steam discussion forum saying that they did it and it just took a while and I I do think that it is possible. Absolutely. But it's just so hard and the game is not made for it. Like it, it is it's dumb. It's, it's very dumb and I hate it, but I also really want to see the new supersonic fight. So gotta do it. I I gotta force myself through it. Any other games worth mentioning? Um, I, I swear, I feel like there was something else that I wanted to bring up, but I, I can't for the life of me remember what it was and there's nothing in my steam library. So I, I give up. I don't know. I guess it didn't matter that much. Obviously you didn't remember it. Yeah. I guess we'll talk about the games game that I played. Uh, You know, that cyberpunk game that just released the DLC. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty damn good. One thing I do like about it. uh, I think we've known me long enough to know that uh, I have a certain aesthetic that I enjoy that I chase. It's sort of that like, dilettante high-tech lowlife you know midgar style and that's what the dlc is that's all it is and i'm in love with it a lot of times i just walk around going like wow looking at all their just so pretty i'm glad that video games look this good and cyberpunk certainly is taxing on the system with this new dlc i have a feeling this is what they wanted the game to be like like originally with just how detailed and in-depth everything is but man there are some places where even my computer just starts chugging it doesn't seem like it even makes a difference with ray tracing on or off. It's just entirely too oversaturated. They uh, they went a little overboard. Just a little bit, and it works for it, because that, that overpopulated junk's kind of everywhere. This is where it broke down, and this is where it stays kind of look. It looks great, but sometimes you're walking around, and it's 70 frames per second. You turn a quarter, and it's like 30. <laughs> Jarring. Uh, Other, I'm I'm I've heard that uh, the sequel wasn't necessarily going to be greenlit until 
the response both from the series of updates and from the DLC particularly was so positive. So I mean, it, it sounds like they really did a lot to make people turn around on that game. They certainly spent the money on it. I saw they were spent almost like $2 million on the budget for just the DLC, which is pretty ding-dang unheard of. Yeah, that's well, the a DLC lot. and the 2.0. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't have an article for it, but I do want to mention as a honorable mention story, the crew over at CD Projekt Red are unionizing because I guess they've had three rounds of layoffs this year. Oh, and that that's... sucks. Good on them for unionizing. Yeah. Uh, the only other games that I've played aren't video games, but I do want to go over my spiel here. Have you ever heard of Call of Cthulhu, the, the tabletop investigative game? I have. I had a chance to sit down and play with that, with, of all things, the historical society of a local town. Uh, that, that was, like, weird enough that I was like, okay, I want to be a part of this. I got confirmation from my boss to get off each Monday for this month. And, like, we're going around and, like, doing a, a Lovecraft story that takes place in our town. All of the landmarks are the places that have been here since, like, the early 1900s. It's kind of cool, like... I'm in the Chicago area, so obviously we have a lot of connections to the just all the slaughterhouses and stuff that Chicago was so popular for. And a big part of our story was, like, the history of how Carcass is full of just, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just the gelatin of all the byproducts get shipped in. And that was a major theme point of the story. And I was like, that's fucking interesting, dude. You thought about this. That's one of the coolest fucking things I've ever heard anyone do with a tabletop game. And I've been enjoying it. There's only one dude who, <clears throat> excuse me, is with us, and he seems like he might flake out of it. But, like, for, for something that we just kind of picked up and did, the dude definitely put in way more effort and time into this than he needed to, and it shows. I'm excited to go back. Man. And then on... Oh, go on. Uh, big cities. Big cities get, get to do cool shit. It's not even a big... Like, it's certainly a yuppie town now, but it used to be like a cultural cornerstone up here so it's neat that it's getting its own spotlight he said he might publish this on something in drive through rpg if you know what that is and that's neat uh the other game that i played on tuesday i don't remember the name of it in fact i was never told the name of it but you know city of heroes slash city of villains yeah yeah it's that uh oh. I'm, I'm playing with the uh, so the we were basically told, hey, tell me if you want to be a hero or a villain, and then I'm going to help you make your characters at Session Zero. We kind of made the same characters. Um, I'm, for all intents and purposes, Dr. Doom with Doc Ock influences, and the dude I'm playing with is Dr. Doom with Goblin influences. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a whole lot of like, hey, we're trying to save the world here, so uh, get out of our way or get blowed up. And it's been enjoyable. We haven't gotten that far yet, but it seems like a wacky game that it's less about like, okay, roll dice and see how well you do. And it's more like, all right, that's wacky. Yeah, let's play with that. And I, I like that sort of sandbox of role playing. There's other games I've played with it that have done it very well, like Apocalypse World, for example. I know you're not the biggest TTRBG guy, so I'll, I'll spare you that lecture. No, I, and then, I do find it interesting. Though. And then one final game that I talked about that I want to play is Warhammer, that game that I've talked about once or twice. Oh, yeah, Boy, with the little toys. With, with the little army men, yeah. <laughs> um, and, it, and it's stupid overpriced. 
I went to the shop to play a pickup game, which is already something I just don't normally do, but the people I normally play with have either been out of town or otherwise unavailable. And I just had the worst time. And I, I like, I woke up the next morning still uppercase angry about the entire experience. It left a bad taste in my mouth, and now I'm talking about it here. <laughs> it's, it's it's un- so socializing with random people sucks. Just it's so unfortunate that this hobby, and I guess hobbies that require you to go to a game shop in general, are so affluent in the socially impaired. <laughs> Because, I mean, I don't want to just rag on the guy, but, like, there are small things that could have done better, and there are big things that could have done better. Anything from, man, I could smell you when I'm standing next to you, (laughs) to, hey, you are actively making fun of my painting. Why are you doing this? My painting, at least my models are painted. Like, I I don't think he was, um, I I think he might have been on the spectrum or something like that. Yeah. And after three hours of this, I was just like, I'm... I'm tapping out. I I concede. I'm packing up. I'm going home. And he's like, oh, you're not mad, are you? And I was like, I can't tolerate you anymore. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm uh, going back to that same shop on Monday, and we'll see if the <laughs> owner says anything. Because I, I wasn't yelling at him, but I did kind of put him in his place. Oh. And uh, sometimes that's what they need, you know? I And I don't uh, just mean certain... they as in, like, a specific group. I just mean, you know... Sometimes a, sometimes a dude needs it. Yeah. Yeah. And all things considered, I do think he was behaving inappropriately. That's that's wasting somebody's time for three and a half hours. Yeah. So now I got that off my chest. I feel a little bit better. It is very fascinating to me that like it, it's it's one thing that the concepts in such hobbies attract a certain group of people but the fact that they learn nothing about socializing via participating in said hobbies is is just very strange because like at least with video games it's like a completely solitary experience or at least it can be Ooh, i've seen the same problem with smash brothers clubs before Uh, magic the gathering is another grouping that comes to mind of people who just don't always get it like anything, anything that, that requires you to be in close vicinity with other humans. It's like, you'd think eventually you'd pick up on some, some stuff, but apparently not. Apparently not, man. I'm going to desperately try to branch out into my very dense, thick social walls. There's probably a better way to say that. But, uh, until then, maybe I will also look into tabletop simulator or something. Cause <laughs> at the very least, I won't need to stand next to them if they smell. Right. And that's it. That's I, I also got a one terabyte flash drive for my Steam Deck. And then I looked at this flash drive that was smaller than my thumbnail. And I had an existential crisis because that's a terabyte of storage. That's a... Uh, yeah, I remember whenever you needed like a small dinner plate sized hard drive to, to fit that. Ah, man. That's cool. Uh, I'm probably going to end up spending my next couple of days at work filling this thing to the brim. I haven't actually played any of the games I've just installed. I've just had the satisfaction of like seeing the bar go up a tiny little bit when you download like a hundred gig game. That's why I play idle games. <laughs> Make the bar go up. <laughs> but that's it. That's all the games that I played. Uh, that's all the games that you played. I think we could get into our stories. Oh, okay. The first one I want to talk to 
or talk about. It's not going to take too long. Uh, it's a little out of order of the, the way that I posted them, but I do think this is the most interesting story. This is from BBC News. There are now rules of engagement issued to hacktivists after chaos. Uh, again, this is from BBC.com, a little more high class than the articles that we usually talk about on this podcast. The International Committee of the Red Cross, which I'm going to refer to as the ICRC, has for the first time published rules for engagement for civilian hackers involved in conflicts. I'm not going to read this entire article beat for beat because that's really boring, but the skinny version is, is that the ICRC is responsible for overseeing and moderating the rules of war, which is like one step beneath the Geneva Convention, like... You, are, you have your strict def definitions, and then you have your enforcement. That's where the Red Cross comes in. Uh, this comes initially from accelerations in conflict in the Russia-Ukraine uh, fiasco. And because of a proliferation of hacktivism, ICRC legal advisor Dr. Tillman Rodenhauser has put out these eight simple rules. Uh, based on international based on hu international humanitarian law, say that five times fast. The rules are: number one, do not direct cyber attacks against civilian objects, which is yeah. Do not use malware or other tools or techniques that spread automatically and damage military objectives and civilian objects indiscriminately. That is some cyberpunk ass shit to read. <laughs> Number three, when planning a cyber attack against a military objective, do everything feasible to avoid or minimize the effects of your operations may have on civilians. So I'm guessing that's like, don't hack a dam and force it to go open or something, you know, minimize the, the, the war of attrition on anything other than your intended target. Yeah. Don't, don't take out a, a major like power infrastructure so that right. it takes out all the, the civvies power too. Number four, do not conduct any cyber operations against medical and humanitarian facilities. I think that's one of those uh, Geneva rulings, too. Number five, do not conduct any cyber attacks against objects indispensable to the survival of the population or that can release dangerous forces. Oh, the well, one that thing back. that comes to mind is all of the attacks that were happening on nuclear plants. Yeah. And that seems like such a... Holy shit, what are you doing, you stupid motherfucker? Yeah, a kind of little bit, especially like in fucking Ukraine of all places. Of all places. I was looking at a map recently of Europe. Uh, it's totally unrelated to all of this. You know France has a, a nuclear power plant that's just like built in this little nipple that's surrounded by Belgium? No. Big move, France. Wow, all right. I'll show a map of it after this podcast to you. It's... It's kind of funny to think about how that must have gotten approved and just how Belgium's sitting there like, okay, fuck you, I guess. <laughs> France Anyways, just had this territory and they were like, what do we do with it? Hmm. <laughs> I know. Let's make it inhospitable. <laughs> let's make it glow at night. Uh, let's get back to the article. Right, right. Uh, number six, do not make threats of violence to spread terror among civilian populations. Yes, don't be a terrorist. Number seven, do not incite violations of international humanitarian law. Uh-huh. I, I don't really know what that would look like in a cyber space. I guess I it would know. be like if you were to ha uh, hack like uh, signage, you know, something like that. And then you put, you'd put up messages of like, set the nearest hospital on fire, you know, like 
or the do you remember when in Hawaii they had that emergency broadcast that's like Hawaii's gonna blow the fuck up in five minutes, everyone? Yeah, yeah. Something like that comes to mind, I guess. And then finally, number eight, comply with these rules even if the enemy does not. That's the hard one. Yeah, be the be the bigger man. Yeah. Um it's pretty easy to see, like looking at the basics of the Geneva Convention and the ideas laid out on that where the Red Cross is getting its influences for these rulings. And I certainly don't think anything that they're saying here is too outlandish. However, the IT Army of Ukraine, which has 160,000 members, uh, is kind of saying that they're probably not going to do this. Yeah, I don't blame them. I also don't blame them. Like, when you are at war, it's hard to say, okay, uh, if, if you shoot them and they go down, you got to let their medic get them. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, they're bombing your churches. It's like, well, fuck them. That's where it's hard to be a war combatant because it is sort of hard to keep your humanity when you're doing atrocious acts against mankind. Yeah. Which is seemingly the mood that these hacktivists have. Uh, a quote of Killnet says, Why should I listen to the Red Cross? Which kind of reflects i guess the general mood that we were just reflecting yeah it's like well you know it, it yes you want to do your best like you don't just want to take out a civilian facility just because but like yeah i use the example of like if you're you're hacking a, a power plant and you shut down the generators like yeah, it's gonna it's gonna ruin several people's days and maybe kill a few like old people or something. But if it takes out a whole military base, yeah, you know, yeah, There's I'm... A, a pro and a con side to all this. The pros is if you're specifically only targeting certain infrastructures, like hey, that hospital's probably got a generator backup. But the con to that is, so does that military base. Yeah, want to be effective, you need to go scorched earth. And, like, it's particularly bad in conflicts like this one, because it's it's not like, and oh boy, we're getting heavy now, it's not like Israel-Palestine, where both sides are pretty, like, equally matched overall. Um, at least it seems that way. I don't know. It seems like they're both just fighting a war of attrition. But Russia-Ukraine, it's like, Ukraine is, is absolutely the underdog. Um, and are it's impressive enough that they've managed to maintain this long. So I can definitely understand that if you're on that side, whether you're doing it remotely or you're, so to speak, on the front lines, like you're in Ukraine and leading some kind of initiative, like either way, why would you want to be accommodating to the Russian side in any way. And the only thing that I could really think is as the war stands right now, Ukraine is a very, uh, what's the word I want to say here? Civilian dense war zone. Yeah. And if things turn around, that's not going to change. It's just going to be on the other side. And I yeah. think this all comes out to be like, Hey, just because people are being shits doesn't mean you should be a shit. And it's, and it's hard to, it's hard to agree with that sometimes. 
Yeah, and it it also is like you got to figure a lot of civilians in Russia don't want this to be happening either. Like Of course. And and making it their problem too isn't necessarily for in everybody's best interest. And again, like there's a lot of complexity to that because hey, if you make the Russian people upset, they're going to revolt against their government hopefully but hopefully i think that's the end game with all of this yeah uh and and take it from me i learned everything i know about war operations from little army men <laughs> but it i, th- it, oh. I, I well I, I i do think that it's great that the red cross wants to kind of at least make a formal statement and be like, Hey guys, can we at least like do our best to not be ruthless dicks towards the other side? But like it does kind of, it, it almost rings in the same way as, uh, God, I think this was a few months ago that the red cross put out the same sort of thing but for fucking online gaming of all things. <laughs> hey guys, don't teabag because that's a war crime. I think it, I do remember that. Yeah, like it 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 has that same sort of feel to it because I just don't think that the Red Cross really holds the same sort of level of respect as maybe they did thirty years ago. Listen, Aroa, if if the Red Cross wants to tell me that after I incapacitate an enemy I shouldn't do a Fortnite dance afterwards. <laughs> Maybe that's an organization I don't want to be listening to. I I can't argue with that. There is a part of me that it thinks that just because of the nature of the landscape of like hacking in general, I, I, and that covers a broad range of things, anything from disrupting power operations to making the printers at the military base spam dick butt over and over. Like, both of those are generally going to be looked at it the same way in the ICC. And I don't think this is a battlefield specifically like cyber warfare that is ever needed to worry about the civilian interaction side of things as strongly as it does right now. We are more integrated with tech than ever before and more dependent than ever before. Things go without power beforehand. Maybe they could last a week. Now people go without power for a week. There's riots, you know? Yeah. Uh, and we've we've seen that in the Ukraine conflict with like Russia trying to take out like cell phone towers and stuff. And like one thing, one thing I have learned from my little army men is supply lines are hella important in war. Yeah. And paramount is communication and everyone relies on cell towers. Like, and yeah, it's just, and if I, only I, there was a way that we could have something in space that some asshole could just like flip the switch and turn on. <laughs> if yeah. only. Well, that sure, sure would, would solve be a helpful. lot of these problems. Anyways, <laughs> I I just saw the article that uh, Red Cross has rules for handling cyber terrorists. And you know me, I'm I'm a big cyberpunk fan. It's it, every day we get closer and closer to the dystopia that I'm I, I guess cautionarily warning people about. It is pretty nuts growing up through like the the golden era of the whole like cyberpunk thing and then 
now being a, an adult and reading the terms cyber attack and cyber operation being used in a completely serious tone. I heard people say the word corpo in a casual conversation, like people who are <laughs> professionals, like it's, it's starting to happen. It's pretty crazy. And if I could just get my cyberware and my crew of runners and, and we could do wacky zany <laughs> oceans, 11 heists, then I'll finally be happy. We're not there yet, but maybe in a couple of years. God, I hope so. Speaking of wacky, zany things that nobody would ever believe, did you guys hear that uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage has Denuvo added in on a day one patch? This is such an utterly fascinating decision. It's one that certainly... I, I'm upset that they did it, even though I'm not affected by it at all. Yeah. I've as much as I love the Assassin's Creed games, I haven't played the last couple of them. Just each one of them is too big for its own britches. It's telling a story that's hard to give a shit about. And doing things like adding controversial DRM to your game the day that it releases is not going to help that case any. No. And especially whenever it's you're already cuz like Ubisoft is another fucking publisher that has decided that they they want you to use their launcher even if you're buying their bullshit through steam you have to use the ubisoft connect launcher so that they can get their analytics off of your computer but like it they have they have that and on top of it now you're gonna have me buy a game thinking that it's not it isn't going to have the worst drm on the market and then give me a mandatory day one patch that adds that in and I can't really do anything about it because otherwise I just can't play the fucking game. I feel bad, especially, I mean, it's it's hard to say you feel bad, you get what you deserve, but the people who pre-ordered these games thinking such a thing wouldn't be in place, what do you do then? Yeah. The article, which we once again are not going to go reading bit by bit, does specify that people are saying, oh... There's no drop in performance. It's all good. I can't think of any other game where that's the case for Denuvo. Yeah, no. Um, pretty much universally, it's been shown that removal of Denuvo has improved performance. Uh, in in every example that I that I have seen or can think of. Uh, so I I highly doubt that this is the first time that finally Denuvo doesn't kill your fucking game. Yeah, uh, especially coming from Ubisoft of all people. I don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, They're just going to tell you whatever the fuck they want to tell you. And like the thing, the thing with this and kind of uh, going off of how you, you mentioned the pre-ordering thing, I don't know for sure, but I doubt that the Ubisoft launcher allows you to download old versions of games. Because Steam will. Uh, you, you have to... It's a bit finagled, but you can do it. Um, and that... I want to say, like, may bring into question the idea of, like, is this... I wouldn't call it necessarily false advertising, but essentially almost maybe a bait-and-switch sort of thing? Like, Definitely I, a bait-and-switch. I, I wonder if this may technically be illegal 
at least in America and probably other countries, considering you bought the game under the impression that it was not going to have this additional software, and then they mandate that you download this additional software afterwards. Like, I, now, uh, I, I, I wonder if... Uh, Obviously, somebody's look is looking into it because everyone wants to. There's always somebody that wants to sue a major company just at any given time. But I do wonder if there's anyone seriously considering this idea, and if we might see like a yet another Ubisoft focused class action lawsuit for Ubisoft. If something like that happens, I'm sure we'll hear about it as soon as next week. I'm glad that you mentioned false advertising, but probably not in the way that you're thinking. The fact that this went out to people who, like, are in the game's news industry, they were able to get a copy that they had an experience that people who are looking to their feedback to get this game are not going to have. It's not the same experience. At that point, any time that somebody waits till the day that their game is released to do something shitty like add the Nouveau, you are fundamentally changing the entire basis of everything that's been built up before that. You're no longer giving people the same package that they thought they were getting. And that's shitty. Yeah. Uh, there was, I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it was like a Warner Brothers game or something. I, I seem to remember that there was a game that all the review copies went out. Uh, it got like, you know, the the typical AAA treatment of like sevens and eights. And then the day one patch added like a microtransaction system. And a bunch of other like anti-consumer bullshit. And it was very much the same scenario of like people would have pre-ordered the game based off of the impression that news outlets would have gotten. And then they bring it home, they get the game that that they thought they were getting, and then there's a mandatory update that changes it entirely and ostensibly ruins it. It's gummy. And like you said, it might not necessarily be legal. I could yeah. see an argument that this is anti-consumer. And particularly in the case of Denuvo, because it requires that you agree to a new end-user license agreement. Which, like, it's one thing whenever there's just, like, you agree to, to the end-user license agreement of a game just by playing it and, and, and by buying it in the first place. But this is something additional that you weren't expecting. This is another contract that's just being thrown at you when this was not advertised in any way. Like I, it, I hope I hope somebody talks to a knowledgeable lawyer and maybe tries to set a precedent that makes it so this doesn't fucking happen again. It I'm makes like me very nervous. Yeah, it's it's it keeps on happening and nothing has been done about it. Something needs to be done about it. And I, I guess in my closing thoughts for this is it's a damn shame that Assassin's Creed is a popular enough franchise that it's going to do well no matter what. Yeah, because uh, we had mentioned before that like Assassin's Creed is probably the thing that is propping Ubisoft up. It's like that and Rainbow Six Siege are like the they, two things. They wish it was Far Cry, but the last one didn't do so well. It's it's not looking good over at Ubisoft, and doing things like adding Denuvo to a day one patch aren't going to help that case. No. I And I really hope that they uh, 
they stop being such fucking shitlords before Beyond Good and Evil comes out in 30 years. Uh, I wouldn't hold your breath on that. <laughs> uh, this is not so much an honorable mention from us as it is from this article. Uh, this is from thegamer.com, of course. Uh, apparently Payday 3 has removed its DRM. You know, that oh. game that's doing so well. Yeah, they they apparently ripped out the Nuvo DRM, which I... I, they say it's, uh, well, it says after backlash. I wonder if it's necessarily because of the backlash or if it, they realized how stupid it was to have the nouveau on top of making it an always online game. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I suspect that's head on the nail there. It was, they were having some issues, particularly on the network side of things. And I think having so many extra checks in place was hurting their case. Yeah. And, and like, Denuvo's entire purpose as DRM is to keep people from pirating your game, especially during the release window. And it's like, even if you did pirate Payday 3, you literally can't play the game without having it connected to Starbreeze's servers. So what's what's even the point? They're just, they're paying a license for Denuvo for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Might be better to just bite the bullet and cut that contract short. Yeah, I would think so. But That's probably going to be too little too late for Payday 3, but they're trying. God, are they? They just need to try harder, I think, because I just cannot be arsed to buy that thing. And finally, speaking of things that people can't be arsed to buy, as <laughs> does Redfall is failing to attract enough Steam players to make a team of four. Ooh, don't like to see that. That is really sad. So I've played games on Steam, like the original Splinter Cell Chaos Theory, where you could do Spies versus Mercs. And even that, like, you know, 15 years after at least had like 12 people in its lobby consistently. The fact that a game that came out, what, five months ago has not four people playing it is a (laughs) grim sign. That's yeah, it says according to Steam DB, uh at the time of writing <laughs> there are seven concurrent players on Steam. And that's that's down from the post launch period peaking at six thousand, which is still pathetic. Now, granted, um it was a Game Pass game. Still is because it's a it's a Bethesda game. But still, like there are a lot of people on Steam, and the fact that only six thousand seem to have played it in the first place, and now you've just lost all of them, like essentially all of them, and being a AAA studio, that's nuts. I wonder if I'm sitting at Xbox and I'm responsible for overlooking like sales of games, if this isn't making somebody hit the panic button on Game Pass in general, I kind of want to sit down and look at a list of like all the titles that have flopped and done well on that platform. I wonder if developers knowing, hey, there's going to be a consistent download base just because kind of like Nathan, he'll just play whatever games on Game Pass. I wonder if that's making them not give a shit as much. I also have wondered that, that like 
they're going to get their money either way. So why would they bother like putting a lot of time and effort into making sure that the game is actually ready to be sold because like no one's going to buy it anyway. They're just going to play it on game pass. And looking at the complaints that this article lists up, the reason the people didn't like this game, it's bland storytelling, bad AI technical issues. This stinks of a game that was rushed out the door as fast as it could be. And especially from Bethesda or arcane, whoever the hell made it. Yeah. That doesn't sound right. They should be able to knock it out of the park just using the assets they have already in-house. Yeah, it, I I watched a lot of videos of the game right after it came out, and it was amazing seeing, like, a game that honestly looked like it was probably halfway through development. Like, it looked like the sort of thing that you'd see in, like, a like a Kickstarter demo for a game or something like that, where like they've got it in an, in a playable alpha state with like a general idea of what they want the game to be ready and ready to go, but nowhere near complete. And like, this was something that they were launching and this is from a studio that has a pedigree far beyond anything that should make this that should have even made this like a, a a dream. Like not only just that pedigree, they got that Microsoft money now. This should have been uh, not only that. This was supposed to be one of their like come use our Game Pass games. This yeah, was supposed to be one of those hook, line, and sinker things. How did but, they fuck this up so bad? It doesn't add up. No, this is uh, I. I really would like to know like a full post-mortem of what the hell happened with this game. And like, it, it doesn't seem like the sort of thing. Cause it, it's not like a, like a cyberpunk where you can see where a good game lies underneath all the jank and, and like the, the half-assed systems that weren't quite up to snuff. Like, there's nothing really all that remarkable in Redfall. Like it's just a fairly by the numbers co-op shooter at, at its core. And I kind of get where I, I kind of get where the, cause there were this article mentions that there were allegations that Redfall's own developers were hoping that Microsoft would cancel the game. And it, yeah, I do really wonder if this was like, kind of pushed forward by some director or, or maybe like a low tier executive who was like, no, no, this is going to be great. We can't, we can't cut our losses now. And meanwhile, the dev team was like, we don't have any ideas on how to make this stand out in any meaningful way. And I don't think it even needs to stand out really. All it needs to do is be a copy of left for dead. (laughs) <laughs> and I can't believe I'm saying this, but so many games aren't pulling that off. And it's yeah. usually because they, they shoehorn in either shitty balance mechanics or they, they shoehorn in some shitty uh, microtransaction roulette system or whatever. But over and over again, we're seeing these things. Like, I, I'm going to pull some examples out of my ass. Like, Payday 3. Basically, we're seeing the exact same thing happen here, where it's it, it's 
I'm glad you mentioned Cyberpunk, because Cyberpunk was obviously made by somebody who knows game design. And I think a little bit of that is because they were stealing from the design of the tabletop game, but it's got a skeleton. Like, if you look at that design document, even if it's not finished, it's there. In games like Redfall, games like Payday 3, games like... I'm going to go back as far as Mass Effect Andromeda, because that's the first one I think of. And it's just been a problem since then. They're not done. Not in the sense that, like you said, oh, there's something here that just we need to trim the fat off of it. They're not done in the sense that they're not ready to come out of the oven. There's not enough fundamentally here to be a game. It's it's more than a walking simulator. Like, it's got mechanics, I guess, but what's the draw here? What's supposed to bring people in? I don't think any of these people have an answer to that question. But they're just no. hoping people will sit on it and spend $10 at a time in microtransactions. I don't see how you get to point A to point B there, other than all the the kids love video games. They'll love it. Yeah, it and it. Yeah, it, it if it had been because uh, like Redfall, I I'm I'm not sh- totally sure what it was or what I would compare it to. It, it maybe like a looter shooter, something like that. But like, ju- it's. It's just so very bland. It's linear it, borderlands as far as I could tell. Yeah. The, like very much like that, but like trying to also have the typical arcane stuff of like, you can stealth if you want to, but like no one's going to stealth in a fucking looter shooter. What are you doing? Like, Hey, do you want to attend 20 minutes to do a fight that could take two? No. <laughs> You don't want to make your three friends sit and wait around while you, the one person interested in doing this, dicks around? No? Huh. Yeah, release it. It's ready. Yeah. What? No, I, that's a that's a powdered donut I was eating. That's that's what that powder is under my nose. <laughs> yeah, I, I... I don't know which branch of Arcane worked on this, because there's... I think there are two of them. Like, one of them's the... the, like, Dishonored Studio and... The other one's the one that made Prey or something like that, I think. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, I hope that they don't get shut down <laughs> after all this. I could see Redfall getting shut down. I could see them saying it's not worth it to have the 10 people a week log in. Hopefully, but definitely not with the option to host your own private initialized servers. Yeah, I, uh it does allow you to play solo, so I'm assuming that it doesn't outright require online connectivity. So at the very least, maybe somebody can develop a, a server emulator or something if somebody really wanted to. But I don't For really when know. it inevitably dies, and uh, I'm looking at my watch here, two weeks. It's got two <laughs> weeks left. At the rate that it's losing players, yes. Shame to see, and I have a feeling it's not the last we're going to see of this. Games are going to need more than, oh, look, the main character is a fat, black, sassy woman. That's in right now, right? People love that? Oh, yeah. Look at, uh, what the hell was that shitty third-person shooter that... Awoken. Yeah! I think. Or, uh... Uh, I don't know. I I don't play modern games for <laughs> all the reasons that we complain about on this podcast. I don't play most modern games. Yeah, even fucking uh, the one with Aloy. What is that? 
uh horizon, horizon something dawn yeah even that was annoying can't stand that shit and i too old for video a, games this was this wasn't like a planned discussion or anything but why do i love breath of the wild and hate horizon they're kind of fundamentally the same game except one's got a really bad story that i don't care about uh i mean the obvious answer for me at least is that in zelda the protagonist knows when to shut up and that's all the time Mm. there's got to be something more to it there i think this is worth some study at a time that we're not live yeah but no there there is a lot more to that but that is my biggest complaint in modern modern writing at least in video games is that every game wants to have a character that's like not taking things totally seriously and they're really quirky and they've got some sass and they make pop culture references and it's like okay how was this executed decently well with gex in 1999 but nobody can figure it out nowadays i don't i don't know i think you i think you're closer than that i don't know i don't know either there's something to it that that needs to be discovered on large to make people stop making some cringe ass games it's uh it's like i i said a week or two ago we're like we're we're finally rolling back around and we're gonna we're gonna get back into the the like dark era of media, and then everything will start over again. <sighs> so until Matrix Two Point this is Cyberpunk Monk and Aroa coming at you with the the least listened to podcast on the internet. <laughs> Sorry, that's, Nathan. That's our that that's our claim to fame is that we have zero fame. Our opinions are valid because nobody hears our opinions. No one, no one's arguing. So I win. <laughs> no, that's right. Obviously, we're doing everything right. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're sorry, everyone, that our 420 episode was kind of not 420 themed. I'm uh, not allowed to do the weed or my psychiatrist will take my prescription drugs away. I'm just I'm too fucking tired for it. it It'd be one thing if I was like doing something after this. I'm going to bed. I had a shit night last night. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. This is uh, this has been another episode of Happy Cast. Yeah, Happy Goodbye. Podcast. Bye bye. <laughs>